Hello and welcome to Careers Cast. My name is Rakaya and I'm the Digital Marketing Manager for With a Slack Group. I'm absolutely delighted to be virtually joined by three of our um, T-Head teachers for this podcast. We've got Danny from Cumberland School in Greater Manchester, Kerry from Avon Park School in the Midlands and Vinnie from Ashbrook School in Sunderland. Welcome everybody. Thank you all so much for joining me. I'm really excited about this podcast because often people's job titles can really impress us. But what we don't see is the grind that goes on behind the scenes. We also don't hear about the people that contribute to the success and the support you receive directly that contributes to it. In this episode, I want to unpick that and demonstrate to our listener that you can achieve anything with great enthusiasm. As I mentioned, support and well, you can help us fill in the gaps with your experience and expertise. Like anything, a really good place to start is the beginning. Kerry, let's start with you. You joined our Avon Park School in April 2019 as a deputy head teacher Briefly tell us about your experience in education prior to this and how you progressed. Hello. Uh, so I actually started as a primary teacher in mainstream school. Uh, I actually worked in Cumbria uh, in some very, very deprived areas. And I felt um, disillusioned really about the national curriculum. It didn't fit the cohort of children. There were a lot of initiatives and priorities set by the local authority that didn't fit in with the needs of the, the children in the school. And it was quite some time ago, so I'll be showing my age, but we did actually have to buy our national curriculum at that point. Um, and it was something that came out every few years. And um, I sort of fell out of love with teaching um, and didn't think education was for me at all. And I'd been working with the children, but the, the parents were in desperate need of help as well. They couldn't use computers. They didn't, the emails and things were just coming out and they didn't have email addresses. They couldn't read and write. So I tried to find a way to make a difference and thought that perhaps going into adult education and working with the parents to teach them how to read and write would be the way to do that. Again, that wasn't a fit for me. It didn't, it didn't have the impact that I wanted. And it was such a disconnect between adults and children that I wanted something else. And I moved back to the Midlands to get married and actually um, discovered a wonderful SEN school near home that I actually started as a TA. So as part of my career choice and knowing I wanted to be a teacher, I'd actually said I never want to do secondary and I never want to do special needs. And this was both. And I absolutely fell in love with it. Everything that ever didn't make sense was in this building. And there was a whole building that sort of was what I was trying to create in one tiny classroom in an isolated sort of situation. I just sort of I just felt like I really fitted in things sort of made sense to me then and how you can actually help children so I, I say I started as a TA and then I saw there was a gap in the science curriculum and I wanted to read I couldn't keep my hands off it and wanted to improve that and then I could see there was a, a real issue with the curriculum because it was a time where it was called SEBD and there was sort of a it was like a, a, a I don't know unwritten but it was almost like babysitting so children were okay they were cutting grass and fixing lawnmowers all day but actually there was a mainstream school next door where children would get eight or nine GCSEs and our children were leaving us without any currency whatsoever so I just sort of revamped the curriculum from there and giving them that edge so they could compete with their peers and that just took me through many various roles in terms of leadership and then I ended up here. We'll come on to your journey with with the Slack group but 
That's a really good place to start. Danny, so you've been with us for 11 years. Tell us how you progress from supply teacher in PE to your current role. Yeah, so I started at Cumberland as a supply teacher teaching PE and I got coaxed into doing a bit of drama as well and then did that for a couple of years at the time we were slack we're doing key stage coordinators um so a key stage three and four coordinator job came up um and i was quite new relatively new to teaching really um in my role so probably a couple of years in and i thought i'll apply for that just for a bit of experience because uh, i thought i was doing all right at the school at the time and i was enjoying it or in fact i absolutely loved it um so i applied for it um just to see see what happened and then i ended up getting it getting the job uh, which was a bit of a shock um and then from then that so that sort of thing was like um transitions from key stage three to key stage four and then transitions from key stage four out of uh, out of school into college and and work and apprenticeships and things like that i also looked at the um, behavior of key stage four and i then had a bit of teaching and learning experience looking at the um, whole school marketing yeah. policy so i had a bit of a variety of everything um yeah. And then, obviously, Cumberland then split. So I moved to Rivington, where we are now with the SMH pupils, and uh, what is now Bridgeway was the ASD pupils. It's a new setting, and they take time to to embed, and things need to be put in place. And so I thought at that point, I thought I sort of took it upon myself to sort of work hard, really, and 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 try and lead some of the staff team. That this is where we need, this is what we need to be doing to be getting the best outcomes for the pupils and, and making the school a good school. So I did that. And then I was voted staff member of the year for the Wiverslack Award. So that sort of was, that, that was good. That gave me a bit of confidence and um, it was appreciated. And then um, I actually applied for another, I'd done my MPQSL, sorry, in between that as well. So um, done my national uh, senior leadership qualification. And I thought, um, I didn't really see anywhere where, where I could progress at school. And I've been there a long time in the same role. So I spoke to my head teacher at the time. I said, listen, I absolutely love it here, but I think it's time that there's another another job somewhere else. I've seen it's closer to home. I'm going to apply for that. Didn't end up getting it. And then a couple of months later, the deputy job came up at Cumberland and I applied for it and I've got it in. Brilliant. So, Vinnie, you joined us over a year ago. Tell us about your experience. So I was studying music at university. I wanted to be a music teacher, but then I had second thoughts about it. So I started doing a little bit of um, music therapy in special needs schools and kind of thought, oh, I quite like this. And then when I was working with the pupils, I thought, I think I could do this. But I'd never thought of being a primary school teacher. So then I went and did my PGCE. And whilst I was on my PGCE and I was observed, um, the head of governor's of my previous uh, school that I worked at said, oh, you'd be really good working with um, SMH. And if I'm being honest at the time, I thought, I don't even know what that is. You know, I'd never heard of that. So my second placement on my PGCE, I went to a, an SMH provision and that went really well. And then that same uh, member of staff from the university said there was a job going at uh, her school. I applied for it, got the job. And then I spent like the next eight years there, starting off as an NQT and then kind of just slowly developed uh, into a leader so I went from being just a teacher and taking on some subjects and then the primary school expanded over to two settings and then it federated with a secondary school uh, secondary school and then so in my fifth year I think I was um, made assistant head um, and then so I was a head, assistant head for the next three years over the three sites but similarly to Danny um, I kind of I could see that the head was there wasn't going away the executive head was 
was not going anywhere and I felt like I wanted to develop further and, and like there wasn't the opportunity for me. So um, I kind of had a, I actually saw a job come up for Ashbrook the year previous and thought, oh, uh, that's interesting. But like, I think I had cold feet and then it came up maybe six or seven months later and I thought, right, I'm going to go for it. And uh, I got it. And now you're here. Yes, that's right. So it's safe to say that um, we're in really good company with professionals with years of experience. What do you most enjoy about your current role? Okay, so I'll I'll try and steer away from all the cliches. Um, But if I'm being honest, what I've always enjoyed about working in this particular educational provision is that offering like a consistent kind of familiar safe place to educate the pupils I feel like when that works and it is working here currently and you can build those relationships and you can kind of overcome those barriers uh, the most enjoyable thing for me is just seeing the progress and I don't just mean academic although that is really important as well but just um, the progress of their ability to kind of be in class and achieve and be happy and come and show you the work that they've done and they're really happy about it. But also like seeing the change in parents when I ring them, almost going, oh, what? I thought you were going to ring to say that they've had a really bad day. And in fact, I'm ringing to tell them that they're invited to come in like we did yesterday for the World Book Day. Or I'm ringing to say, just letting you know, like the piece of work they've done today is brilliant and they've won an award and they're going to be bringing the, the bear that we take home every week home. That's the bit for me that I really enjoy. Kerry, can you tell us what you most enjoy about your role? Yeah, so it's a little bit like Vinny there in terms of absolutely it's the children, isn't it, that make your day every single day. And they are the focus of your day and make everything so much easier. I think as a, as a deputy head, um, I really, really enjoy the sort of problem-solving aspect of the role and the, the freedom you have to be, that little bit creative in how you can solve a problem uh, and then sort of helping the whole school travel in a certain direction. I really, really enjoy can, that. Can you give us an example of that? So in terms of a reading strategy, um, so we know that we need to improve reading across a school, for example. How are we going to, how am I going to do that? How am I going to make sure that all children can read and they reach a particular standard within a certain amount of time? And you start, you get the opportunity to look at your staff team, what strengths and skills and traits they've got in terms of bringing personality and and enthusiasm into that strategy. Also where the children are in terms of their starting points. And you get to look at the environment and the resources and you're looking at a really, really big picture. Lots and lots of little bits of a jigsaw when you're putting it all together. And then it's that thing around inspiring other staff to, to come on board with you and sort of join you on that journey. And that's the bit I really like. Cool. Right. So, so, Danny, um, what's the thing that you love about your job? Um, I absolutely love working with SMH pupils. Um, I think that's, I think, I think they're brilliant. Um, I love the pupils at Cumberland. So that, that's first and foremost. But I, what I like is how different it is. So deputy roles can be massively different from day to day. You know, it's never, no days, no two days are ever the same. Um, but I also like the impact that I can, I have on the whole school, do you know? So a little bit like what's been mentioned. So it's not just when you as a teacher, it was the impact that you had on your subjects or your classes, but it's the impact that, that I can have in, in my role on, on the wider school and pushing the school forward. That, that That's why I particularly enjoy it. Cool. So your role part of the SLT and you have teams of staff who you work closely with. How do you nurture talent and encourage people to progress? Usually what we're doing here is a bit of a, like a staff questionnaire like you do with the pupils. So what, you're kind of giving them an opportunity to identify maybe a talent that they have or an interest that they have or an aspiration that they may have. 
Um, and you can kind of collate that data really. Sometimes you'll find that you would have never found out through general conversation that somebody outside of school is a dance teacher, say, and actually they're just right. working as a member of support staff and it's got nothing to do with what they would do day to day. And then once you've found that out, obviously you don't make them do it, but you can kind of have a conversation around if that is something they'd be interested in doing in school. Uh, we also, obviously the more official ways, like through PDR conversations and things like that, uh, but we also have like informal well-being meetings every half term so um when when you say that so like having natural conversations mm-hmm. um and some people don't recognize how brilliant they are yeah can you give me an example of when you've had someone that you like you're fab you can go to the next stage how do you nurture that yeah so we've got um there's a in primary there's a member of support staff that um, is very good at his job as a teaching assistant, but then he's kind of didn't mention this quite astronomical fact that he was like as good as a professional football player when he was younger. Right. And obviously the level at which he could do coaching in primary and in secondary is probably a much higher level with that specific skill than probably, dare I say, the PE teacher. And it was just about identifying if that was something he was interested in, if he hadn't just put that skill to bed. Um, and then if, if it's something that he wants to do, putting him on the courses that will actually, like, I suppose, enable him to be able to do that properly. Um, yeah, so so he's now running coaching interventions in schools. So what we do is identify different needs, and it might be kids with, um, you know, um, core stability issues, or they might just uh, have anxiety about doing PE. And then he just takes them out and does some mini coaching. So it's given him a bit of ownership of a little bit of the curriculum just to see what he thinks of it, really. Um, okay. But like you say, at the same time, it's I think... He almost was coming into work thinking, oh, well, I didn't think you'd be bothered about that fact. You know, he, he didn't mention it because he thought, I'm here as a TA, so why would I need to mention that? Uh, and that, again, that's come through just conversation, you know, through wellbeing meetings. He's just mentioned the fact. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. It's nice to hear that you kind of have these conversations and pick up on the little things that people do outside work. Yeah, because at the end of the day, the, the pupils are gaining from that. So he's kind yeah. of gaining because he's probably going to feel a lot more comfortable coaching football but the kids are obviously getting something like getting a really good deal out of it anyway yeah yeah absolutely so Kerry how do you nurture talent I think it's the teacher in me so all of I I just see staff as my learners so and it is it's that thing around creating opportunities based on their strengths um so and and then it's been um setting up that sort of uh, safe zone if you like for teachers and TAs or anybody else in your staff team to actually say I would like to try this and giving them the opportunity to actually give it a go and being given responsibility for a project area and just supporting them through it but it doesn't even have to be related to education it can be related to um, another avenue and quite often we have staff that would want to get into a clinical sort of role um, yeah. so it's again it's making sure that they have a, a breadth of knowledge of SEN knowing where they're going to go in the future so you're also looking not only at your own school and the impact staff can have, but also what, what impact they can have on children across the country and, you know, into education systems beyond just our our own schools, really. Fab. So over to you, Danny. Yeah, I think they both touched on it. Kerry and Vince have both touched on it. I think you need to know like the individual and where they want to go to first before you can sort of start to steer them. But um, sort of on, from my personal experience, I think that, as a deputy, I, when I first started, I wanted to do everything for everybody. Do you know? And then um, I felt like it was my job and everything was my responsibility. So one of the biggest sort of learning curves that I had and that helped develop the staff was that 
step take a step back and allow allow them to make decisions and sort of make mistakes and so and I think that helps people progress because it's not just me always making a decision it's it's other people learning on the job and then from that I think you get to see which people which staff members have you know want to progress because the ones that do will make those decisions and the ones that don't will still look for you um but then on a whole working at Cumberland for as long as I have I think I fell into a culture where we where we develop staff so um myself I was a teacher Mr. Asena head of pastoral he was he's moved up from TA to, to pastoral to he's now the head of pastoral um we've got lots of staff members who have been TAs who have progressed to teachers and school have put them through that so on, on that sort of level I've just sort of fallen into a culture really and, and it's something that's been embedded at Cumberland School for a long time. Brilliant um so you guys are obviously now part of the SLT who was the one person who um that has been your biggest supporter because we all have them and I believe everyone no matter what your role is you always have to have that cheerleader like you said Vinny like recognize that you've got a talent there let's you know keep going there is definitely a future for you tell us about who has been your biggest supporter um I think that originally it started off with with a head teacher who started just after I started at Cumberland school um Again, he was the sort of person who he wanted you to find out for yourself, sort of how to do the right thing. He had sort of had the reins at sort of arm's length, if you will. So he was allowed you to make mistakes, but if you weren't doing things for the right reasons, that, that's important, you. though, isn't it, um, Danny? Where you create a safe space for people to make their mistakes, but knowing that they're not going to drop at a height. You know, they've still got that safety net. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So, for example, there's one. It was one particular time I went, I was struggling with a year nine PE class. Um, and anyway, I could go in and speak to him about, and obviously I felt confident enough to go in and say, Listen, I'm really struggling with this class, they're not making progress. And he was the kind of guy, and he, he obviously knew me because he knew how I'd respond to it. And he said, He, he basically looked at me and said, Sometimes you've got to think outside the box. Now, perhaps I was going in looking for, a, looking for him to solve all the problems for me, however, that wasn't going to do me any good. So what he just said, you need to think outside the box and like look to me as if to say, right, you can go now. You know, but I responded well to that. Now I don't think other people would, so I think he was good at that sort of thing as well. So he, he sort of knew me, he was very personable. He let you make mistakes, but you knew that but you wanted to work for him and it it's that sort of thing. And he also pushed me in the direction of doing my MPQSL. Um and just I think he did believe in me really. So Brilliant. yeah, I would say him. Um, so Kerry, who's been your biggest supporter? Uh, it has to be Rob, uh, and I don't want to say it on here because he'll get a big head. But Robert James, head teacher, <laughs> um, he'll, he'll soak up this praise. Uh, but he, uh, we have an amazing relationship, and uh, the level of trust that he gave me, uh, and he could see where where my strengths were. But he would also make me do things that I'd feel really uncomfortable doing. Um, just to sort of give me that confidence. I also think because he's extremely confident, it also rubs off on you. So it's also sort of showing you how to do something and always encourages you to do, find your own way um, and be yourself and do it your way. Um, but it will also show you the ropes. And you know, many, many conversations around what do you want your future to look like? Where are you going next? reflecting on things laughing about things that have gone wrong or you know just a bit of sense of humor in there um and, but he's always been encouraging ever since I, I started there and, and still is and then as I sort of 
got to know the the company really well our regional director as well has always been a, a bit a big supporter and really sort of um helping me see because I find that quite difficult helping me see where I am making an impact and what kind of leader I am and understanding myself it's worth saying at this point the structure of our group is you've got the head teachers regional directors and um, what kind of relationships do you have with your regional directors so Kerry you kind of touched that. on it Danny and Vinny do you get to speak to your regional directors and like get involved in conversations about the strategy of where the school's going, et cetera. Yeah, um, obviously they're at board meetings, but then, so Sarah Raw, the um, regional director for Ashbrook, is just at the end of a phone call or an email anytime I need to speak to her about anything, really. And then she's in school, if not every other couple of weeks. So, yeah, very, very easy to speak to, you know, and contact at any moment, yeah. How, how does that make you feel? Because, like, you've got your head teacher, who um, is Joe absolutely fabulous but then you've also got another support how does that make you feel in your role uh, from well for me coming from local authority where the school kind of has all but control and um yeah the great thing for group for me with having regional directors and the school improvement partners and everything like that is that uh, i feel i feel very confident in what we're doing is the right thing because you've got some you've always got somebody else that's kind of backing you up and saying and quality assuring things and saying yeah you're on the right track so i feel it's like a even more of a comfort blanket to know that what we're doing is right and we're not going down the wrong path, you know. So they they come in and they check things and say, yep, that's good, or I need to tweak this, that, and the other. But it, it kind of just makes me feel very confident anyway and comfortable. Danny, do, do you have anything to add to that? No, I just think, um, obviously, day-to-day working in in schools, it can be quite quite busy and quite hectic, and, and you, get, you can get stuck down like a one-track your way your, your way of thinking just, just to get things done I think I think what what Paul RRD does and John who before him I think it gives it sort of eyes above and they can see and they can back and point you in the right direction um, about that perhaps something that you've not thought about that they have and they can see so I think like you say it's just another another layer of support that that, that you can call upon like another resource that that, that helps us out on a day-to-day cool. basis. So Vinny, going back to you, who has been your biggest support, supporter then? Um, I thought, other than SLT, which obviously we support each other every day, um, I would mention uh, here at Ashbrook, we've got um, the pastoral care manager, who I work very closely with as deputy head, um, and lots of policy and things that, and ideas that I have um, for obviously both education and pastoral side. Um, I kind of bounce off this member of staff who's been here for four years. Um, I kind of, I sometimes quality check some of my ideas from him, you know, and that really, like, that makes me feel quite comfortable in ideas and, um, that I have moving forward. So he's probably one of my biggest supporters, as well as the SLT. Brilliant. So today, what has been your biggest achievement in role? Now, I know that's a big question, but... I think you guys have definitely got all the experience to answer this. For me, uh, since I started in March, but then um, pretty much just after I started, Ashbrook opened a brand new primary provision. And I was kind of, that was part of me being employed, I think, from my experience was just to kind of run that. So we've gone from having, I think, nine or 10 children before it started, now getting up to 27 since September. Obviously, everything in the school is brand new. So the school just had to be set up, you know, in, yeah. in every respect. Obviously, it mirrors, to some extent, what we're doing in secondary. 
Um, but yeah, all policy procedures, every, everything that you could think of at the school did, all the timetables and getting new staff in. And that's my achievement because it's working, you know. And we, we've now started to kind of, we're on the radar of lots more local authorities as a, as a good provision that people want to send pupils to, you know. Uh, so that's my big achievement at the moment. Danny, you probably got um, a, a few examples that you can give. Um, well, most recently, I think is similar to to Vincent. Um, is that the fact that we've, we've again we've opened up a new site, new provision for our key stage four provision, um, less than twelve months ago. Twelve months ago, um, so so that's been big for our for our SLT. That's been an achievement. But again, more even more recently than that is the we got good at Ofsted in the uh, under the new framework. So that that was that was pleasing, especially me as being deputy. I was in charge of curriculum, so I'm, I'm well, quite well, proud of that. Um, well, well, things, sorry. Uh, sorry? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's official now. We can talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's that. And then going back a bit further, um, I was really proud on a one staff member of the year, me personally. I know it's, I don't want to. No, that, that is yeah, quite an was, achievement. So. No, it is. Uh, I would say, I think, I mean, we've been on quite a big journey at Avon Park and we've done a lot of school improvement um, and that's been recognised. But we, in, and on the back of that, sort of um, put on what we've called an elevator, uh, with us like have called an elevate programme. And it's for deputies that are on a headship pathway. So, it, yeah. yeah, so we've been on it for around yeah. a year, um, but it is literally giving us a humongous insight into who with this lack are, what they're all about, but also networking with deputies. And it's phenomenal. But And then as a stepping stone, I've been given responsibility as acting head in another with this lack school nearby. So I've been doing that for a term. So I think probably I would say that is my biggest achievement and massive learning curve as well. It's been a really, really rapid um, turnaround and the experience has been phenomenal. We're going to come on to the Elevate programme later on. I've got questions about that for you guys. So um, what motivates you all? Um, I'll start. Um, well, I was going to say just like an effective school where everyone's happy and everyone wants to work as a team. The well, big thing for me in my last school, but then the same here, is like that well-being like protect, like trying to set up a school that protects people so the systems and policy are all created in a way that it, it protects that work-life balance so everything's kind of streamlined and works very well and everyone knows their roles and and it sounds really generic but like everyone's having a fun time and is very happy you know that that's that's what motivates me that's my intention you know I'm quite irritating I'm one of those people that goes around really happy even when it's a difficult time but the intention is to try and make people feel happy not to like be condescending you know Do you know what yeah, that's really, that's really underrated though mm-hmm. I, I think you have to be a happy person because mm-hmm. there's no point of being um negative i very much think that's the best way like kill them with kindness as they say yeah. and i definitely have moments where in on the inside i'm feeling slightly negative or i'm like yeah. a bit stressed because it's difficult but I, I outwardly will always try and protect staff from that yeah yeah, and I, I think that's a really good way to be mm. as a leader because you've got to role model positive yeah. behaviour mm. and I think positivity kind of like is infectious, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kerry, how about yourself? How, what motivates you? Uh, I think, well, obviously your own life experiences in terms of your work experience, your childhood, how you brought up, but a really, really strong sense that everybody deserves the best and there should be no exceptions to that. And it's the drive is always around making sure that everybody is given the opportunity to be their best. And um, you can spend a lot of hours thinking about it. 
Um, but it, yeah, wakes you up every morning and brings you to work. Yeah, mine's quite similar to Kerry. Um, I think that personally, I feel that everyone deserves the same opportunities. So in work, that's what it's about. It's about giving the, these people the best opportunities that, that they can have to go and succeed um, outside of Cumberland School and outside of school. Uh, personally, I mentioned it to you on the phone, Rekai's personal motivation is I don't think I'm, I've got this sort of feeling where I don't think I'm any good. Um, so I'd have like constantly trying prove myself wrong. So that that's that's a, but a I weird think motivator for me. Completely honest, Danny, we're all the same. Like I think that you've got to see the positive in that because otherwise you become complacent. What skills are the most crucial to succeed in this career? What type of person do you need to be? I put this tough on this one. Um, I think you need to be. Uh, don't want to say it, but you need to be resilient. I think. I think as a person, I think there's. There's times when things don't go as well as, as you want them to go. And I think you need to be able to bounce back from that. Um, I think you need to be able to sort of compartmentalise things. And if something's going well and something doesn't go well, it doesn't have to spill over. And you need to be able to um, sort of keep just remembering that, that like you said, there's, there's, so if you do achieve something, just keep keep going. And on the same token, if something doesn't go as well, keep going because the chances are you're, prob- you're probably doing better than what you think. Um, so it's sort of re- realising that. Um, I think also, obviously, you deal with a lot of people. So there's dealing with the pupils and the staff. I think you've got to be quite personable. Um, you can't, obviously, there's ways about doing that. I think I think you can't be a person who, who people can't approach, whether that be young people or adults. I think, uh, so I think that's key. So, yeah, everything Danny said, absolutely. Um, I think maybe that you probably need to be quite driven um, and extremely passionate about what you're doing. Um, it can take up a lot of your time and you do need to make sure you've got that work-life balance. Um, but yeah, just in terms of being really determined and knowing exactly, being clear about the direction that you're going in and your school is going in um, and being able to see when it's going well and maybe when you need to change direction if things aren't going quite as well. Um, I think one of the biggest things is probably making decisions. So the, the challenge is to make decisions in the short term, but actually you've got to make decisions looking at a much bigger picture and the consequences of those decisions six months, a year, five, three years down the line. Um, and that is a skill that comes with experience. I'll just echo what's been said before, just to get in our school ethos, the three R's, which are respect, responsibility and resilience. And that relationship is one because, you know, inevitably you've got to form and sustain relationships with all different types of people. And they're not necessarily all people, that, you know, are going to be your best friends or you really get you know they, they might be different people that you find uh it's a challenge so you've got to be like you say very personable where you, you can make effective relationships with all of these people uh the other few that i think might be mentioned but again yeah being very organized like i love an action plan you know i love everything to just kind of be planned out and everything matches back to the school development plan so like and it's kind of very dogmatic like ticky box i'm a person that has a uh, like a, a little ticky box list every day, you know, that I need to kind of complete before the end of the day, you know. And if it doesn't, it goes to the beginning of the next one. And that that's the only way that, because I'm quite um, a busy mind, I need things like that, you know, to keep me focused, you know. Um, yeah, it's very difficult because what works, you can have very different people that are both successful in their career, you know, they've got different attributes. So to try and quantify it down into a little list, I suppose, is quite Narrow. Yeah. yeah. 
it's difficult. But we, yeah, but you've answered all of you have got some really yeah, good points thing. in terms of how, how to succeed. Mm-hmm. And uh, like um, you mentioned, being organized, but then you've mm-hmm. also got to be motivated and definitely a team player, which nicely leads on to my next question. What does good teamwork look like for you as leaders? I always think of it a little bit like a well-oiled machine. So everyone's got their role. They do it really, really well. But actually, you're all part of one big picture. And the more efficiently and effectively you can all do that, the better the team and the better the outcome. Danny, how about yourself? Um, I think you need a shared vision. So everyone needs to know know where they're going. Um, again, know what the, the job role is within that. I think good communication is vital. Um, but I also think if things aren't going, I think, I think don't be afraid to challenge each other appropriately as well. So if, for example, on your team in, in SLT, if we all know, know where we need to get to, but if you don't quite agree with something or someone's not doing something that, that they need to be doing, I think that at some point you do have to be able to say, come on, we need to, we all need to do better at that. Or you, you know, and not be afraid to take that personally. Don't take that personally because everyone is in it just for, for the same reasons. They want, they want to achieve, they want, they want the best for the pupils best for the school um so yeah don't be afraid to don't be afraid to challenge each other and don't take it personally when you when when someone does challenge you yeah other than what's been said i could just add i think that kind of capacity within uh that team to adjust when necessary so although like you say it is like a well old machine inevitably like over the last few years with covid lots of those members of staff without with certain roles and responsibilities may not have been present and we had to work as a team to kind of pick up that in the short term, you know, and if you and a good team, it, sometimes that happens without the leader having to say it. People just kind of take on those roles and make it work. You know, that's that's good for me. And then also, there's the the staff knowing that they've got the backing of the SLT, if you know what I mean, as well as the um, having the, the the SLT having the backing of the staff. I think that comes back to what Danny was saying about a vision that's actually understood. So it's not you're saying do it because we're the SLT. It's they they want to do it because they understand the outcomes that you're going for. That's some really good stuff that you guys have just said then. So now what we're going to do is focus our attention on with a Slack group. You joined us as deputy head teachers, Kerry in 2019, Vinny last year. Tell me, how has your experience here at With a Slack Group been different to other organisations you've worked for? The the thing that blows my mind about With a Slack is um, it is full of like-minded people that are literally all about children and the conversations are focused on children. Um, but the resources that the schools are given are amazing. So we know Ashbrook's primary is unbelievable. We know Danny's new build at that school in Cumberland is just phenomenal. Um, at Dovetree, the the vocational resources and facilities are just immense. Uh, but then on top of that, the group has got specialists for every single area of education that you could need. Um, and there's somebody that you can speak to that almost knows everything. Um, and if they don't, they've still got connections, but they are literally on the end of a phone. I haven't ever seen that anywhere else. You're usually quite isolated or within your, your school setting or maybe one other, but there are there's a huge network and you're invited to and encouraged to network with the schools that you are, that are part of with a Slack. So you've got 23 science teachers you can talk to, 23 deputy heads that you can connect with. And I, it's just, it's amazing. Vinny, how about yourself? 
Oh, uh, right. Okay. Well, I mean, it's easier for me to probably identify because I've spent the majority of my career not in with the Slack. Um, yeah. The main thing for me applying for this job was actually on paper. And it's true, actually, now I'm here. Uh, when I work for a local authority, SMH provision, um, what we have here is kind of like what seemed was what well, was never going to happen in local authority. It seemed quite idyllic. I, t- I attempted to, with the school budget in my last school, set up a mental health team, which had a psychotherapist in it. Um, but then the, the likelihood of being able to work collaboratively, collaboratively on, on a day-to-day basis with an occupational therapist and speech and language therapist and, and a pastoral team, um, for me, was like an ideal that I was never going to have. Um, so that's the biggest difference, that on-site we've got a clinical team um, that can work with the children. But not only do they work with the children, but they work with the staff and upskill the staff as well as us as well. So we get better at picking up on it, but we also get better on implementing the strategies or interventions that they tell us to use. And so it benefits everybody. Um, so for me, that's that was the pull for me to come here. And that's the reason that I, like, I want to stay here is because that exists. But like you said before, though, um, Kerry, the other thing that's really good is the sharing of practice. So if I wanted a, a bit of uh, information on how best to kind of include the three eyes on planning, all I've got to do is ping out an email you know, to other members of staff in the group and get dozens of responses of good practice, you know. And then that's shared, you know. So so I think on all that does within the group is just improve everybody kind of collectively, you know. Yeah, and thinking about improving with us, like really do promote mm-hmm. pathways for people as well, don't they? So in terms of our careers, we've got training pathways that we can go on, but also all staff uh, are able to jump onto any external and internal training, aren't they? Uh, as long as it's sort of there's a journey there sort of mapped out and um, but all of us as deputies could be head teachers if we wanted to be so mm-hmm. they they believe in you and sort of invest in you in that way so um what ambitions do you have for yourself and the team you work with Kerry um for myself <laughs> um I, I don't know when you start off as a, a trainee teacher you think the end goal is headship and then the more you learn about education, headship's really quite low down in the in the opportunities and, the, and you know where the direction you can go in. And I don't still don't have the answers. So obviously, headship is something I really want to do, and I think it's such a privilege to be able to do that role. Um, but other than that, it's really difficult for me to say. I know that I want to have an impact on education and then as big an impact as I possibly can uh, for children. Um, and for my staff, it would always be the same that identifying who your next leaders are who's going to be the best psychologist who wants to um who wants to do what he wants to learn um and then just helping them carve out their own career pathways really but obviously for children you know the obvious um stakeholder if you will they've got to do their best be able to do their best because of how we help them and what we put in place i like what you just said then you know carving out your career but then also recognizing that you've got a staff team around you and like helping them kind of shape out their pathway because it's not about you as a person when you're in these kind of in the roles that you guys are in it's all about the people around you um Danny how about yourself yeah I think as a as a group I want to work in the best I want our school to be the best SMH in the country um both for staff and pupils that yeah, well, I was going to say it'd be controversial to say that. There'll be a few of us that that, that will want that. Um, but yeah, I think that obviously we've got a grounding now. We've got we, we've got good in our in our off, recent Ofsted, um, and I think that 
it is time time to push on and, and I do, I, that is it that's I know it's quite high and quite probably a cliche, but I do want to work in the best mm-hmm. for the pupils and for the staff. So that that will be uh, my ambition. That's a for good us ambition. Mm-hmm. Vinny? Yeah, I think there's a consensus. I just want to continue to improve the school, the curriculum offer, everything really, and the staff collectively. So, And the thing is, you can never really stagnate anyway because the needs of the pupils are changing all the time. You know, the cohort that we have at the moment, say some of the ones in secondary and in primary, are very different to the types of pupils that I was working with only two or three years ago, and I think it will continue to change, you know. Um, so how are you supported in your role to progress? You, to- you Kerry, you touched on this with the um, programme. Tell us about that. And, Danny, I believe you're on this as well so it'd be nice to have your input uh, so yeah, yeah it's the NRA program ha- is phenomenal and it feels a little bit like the longest induction for a head teacher because you get to meet every proprietor uh, and director sorry and regional directors you've got an open door to literally anywhere in with a slack that you want to have so I've been following some of the school improvement team around and I've been helping with ISS reviews, been to see care homes, learning centres, primary schools, secondary schools, post-16, literally anything that I want to do. You can ask any question and learn anything. Um, and everybody's been so transparent about the, um, with the Slack and what their, their drives are and where their, what the direction of the company is. But you also have, I think you, you'd say the same, Danny, around... The, the coaching that we had in terms of leadership and understanding our learning to understand our own strengths and areas for development and um, the network we had with each other and getting to know each other was really really phenomenal wasn't it yeah I think um, just to, to match what Kerry said really just to, to get a bigger understanding of, of Wiverslack has, has really helped and, and I think it is like you say it does feel like a big induction a long induction however it's I think it's really helped me in my role now to understand a little bit more so when decisions are made that that you don't sometimes that you weren't aware of really the reasons why i've got a better understanding of why so i can then sort of pass that on to on the shop floor whereas uh, the head teacher might need to shield himself from that i think it's sort of that extra layer so even if nothing comes of it from from that it's made me a better deputy um again like you say the access to whoever you need and and so the understanding, I think it was three days with a company called yeah, Oak Ridge. Oak Ridge, was it, Kerry? If I remember. Oak yeah, Ridge did, did um, about our personalities and our leadership styles. And, and then not just that, but then how other people in your teams might work and, and what their personalities were and how you can get the best out of them. Yeah. I, think, I think that really helps. And then I would say the access. Uh, we used to have, before COVID, we used to have deputy head forums um, quite often, once a term, I think, which were really good because um, you share ideas but I think that the, the cohort of, 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 the, of people on the Elevate programme I think we're quite 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 close really haven't we Kerry yeah. you know um, in, you can ask anyone for any advice yeah. and it's always it's always forthcoming and people don't don't hesitate to get back to you so it's, it's that sort of thing that, that's really helped Absolutely. me this year yeah I think as well um, you could you alongside that there's you get you get a mentor um, so they meet with you. So that's on top of your head teacher. So you can reflect on your own leadership. It is, but you can have really you can have such honest conversations with them as well. And there's there's no silly questions. It's just lovely. And then you you've also got the chance to do sort of nationally um, recognised qualifications within it. So I think everybody was given the opportunity to complete their MPQH. 
um, which is the headship qualification as well on top of that. And then I think we get the opportunity to also do a project where we can have an impact on Witherslack as well as our own schools as well. So into it, it's like a whole package. So where the word I said to Jane in terms of like being called Elevate, it's about elevating us, but it's actually about elevating leadership programmes that are on offer nationally already. It's it's above and beyond what you think you're going to get. I think the MPQH focuses a lot on theory, whereas the Elevate programme is literally around application of theory and actually living and breathing the job and getting you ready for headship. So we're coming to the end, guys. I'm sure you'll be really glad to know. So what advice would you give to someone thinking about with a, joining with a Slack group? I'll put my hand up, I'll talk first. Yeah. Um, I've done it. I've already done it. So I've got, there's about three people potentially, well, there is definitely two people joining from where I used to work. So I've done that, that thing where I've uh, encouraged people from my, that I know are really good at their job uh, to come and work for with a Slack. Um, I think for me, like I said before, it's that it, a lot of the stuff that I've worked with in the local authority, this is a this is a setup that like we've spoken about for years, as if like this is the, if there was a school like this, which you always think, oh, you'll probably get that in America or something. It's, the, it's a school like this where the clinical group and all the rest of it exists in the school. That'd be brilliant, and so like I'd be able to come here, see that that's the case, and um, encourage people to come. I mean, that's not really given uh, said what the advice is, has it? <laughs> Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but I think I think you've touched on some really good points yeah. there because um, I think if you've worked here for a long time, you take it for granted that you've got clinical services Definitely. on hand. Even if it's just catching them in the corridor, if they're really busy, you could have a yeah. conversation that day with a professional, you know, which that that is not possible, you know, outside of this group. In my experience, that's just not it's not something that you can do. Yeah, yeah. and that's been echoed in conversations that I've had with other people mm-hmm. as well. So, <laughs> I would say if you genuinely care about the outcomes of children, uh, you want to work somewhere that's extremely high quality and extremely professional, then absolutely go for it. You will never, ever look back. Danny? Yeah, I would say uh, be open-minded about the possibilities for the, the the outcomes for the pupils and for yourself. Because, the, uh, like I say, the opportunities to succeed for everyone are, are, are there. And um, finally, just... Um... Use three words to describe working with a Slack group. Kerry, start us off. I've got three then. So exceptional, aspirational and an inspirational company to work for. Danny? Uh, I've got exciting, fast and different. And finally, Vinny. Ooh, um, rewarding. Um, I'm going to steal the inspirational one. And um, empowering. And I mean that in the most, um, you know, I mean empowering because it, well, I won't try and define what I mean. I'm just going to say empowering. I have to say at this point, Kerry and Danny did have sight of a few of the questions. Um, whereas Vinny, he only, I actually rang him at half 10 this morning and the recording started at 11. So that's good going. Thank you. you, do, you so, do a brilliant job. I didn't know that question. Good work, that is. <laughs> I did research. But you've all equally um, done a fab job. So thank you for joining us. It's been really insightful and great to understand your career pathways. You can keep up to date with the latest goings on across our group by following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn.